Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, executive coach and speaker, and I have a passion for helping people make positive, transformational changes to their businesses and themselves and break through roadblocks to live their best lives. Let's get to it. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sam Willing, and I'm your host of Imperfection Wins Show. We have a great show planned for you today. But first, can we just take a little sidestep here and talk about the fact that it's not raining in Seattle? Benny, how amazing was it to see Blue Sky? I'm super excited. I know. It's crazy. I actually, so truth be told, I lived the first, well, now I'm older, so it's less than half my life. But I I lived most of my teenage years um, in Arizona, mm-hmm. and I've never quite let go of that love of sun, and I need it really bad. And so, actually, I think it was Friday, whatever the last rainy day we had was. Um, my friend called me, and she said, "Oh, I just wanted to check on you. Are you okay with all the flooding?" <laughs> I was like, um, "I'm going to be honest with you. The only thing that's not okay is my attitude. <laughs> like, I'm really. It's literally been like 32 days yeah, of we- rain." We broke a record or we came really close to one as well as we're trying to dry out now and we got national news attention. Yeah, it's been really brutal. So Mm -hmm. it's amazing how much different you feel when you get sun and everybody's happy. For that, air horn. We'll bring in an air horn for that. That's the first time I've had that. That's so exciting. Break it out for a Monday. Break um, it out for a Monday. Yeah, I need more zingers. I can get that more. (laughs) So happy Monday. And for those of you that are new to the show, let me just tell you just a little bit about this show. So first of all, it's on Monday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. on KKNW 1150. I also release it later in the week in podcast form. Um, And I chose this time slot for a very specific reason. And the reason is that Mondays can be rough. Mondays can be rough for me and a lot of other people that had weekends that seemed too short. And then they're getting in their car or they're getting their kids going on Monday morning. And it can be sort of a drag. So I have loved having this time slot. This is my, I think this is my fifth show now. Uh, Yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's I love it because it's made such a big difference in how I start my week. And the point of the show is to spread a, mos- a message of positivity and grace and authenticity and just provide some encouragement and a little light to start everyone's week with, including my own. So I have to say a huge thank you to KKNW for the opportunity and also to Benny, who you hear. So Benny is my producer. <laughs> Hello, He's hello. here with me every Monday, and he literally makes my world go round. So I have to just say, those of you that have been, li- been listening to me for a while in podcast form know that podcasting is somewhat uncomfortable for me, and I um, really spent a lot of time obsessing about a lot of little details and learning how to do it and record. And I have to say, even though the frequency is more frequent now that I have a weekly show, my stress level is so much lower. Doing the show is so much easier and more fun than just straight podcasting for me. And a huge part of that is Benny. So, Benny, oh, well, thank, thank you. you so much. You're quite welcome. Um, okay, so today I'm going to jump right into my heart-to-heart segment. And for those of you that are new, my heart-to-heart segment is how I start every show. And it really is just a time for me to share what's on my heart, maybe something I've been really thinking about, anything that's come up from the last episode that we did. And the first thing I want to do today is provide you a little heart update. So 
Those of you that have followed me for a while know that I hand out these small, imperfect wooden hearts. I've been doing it for about a year now. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can follow me on Instagram at imperfection.wins, or you can go to my website, samwilling.com, and click on the Order a Heart tab, and you'll hear the whole heart story, including seeing some really cool pictures. But I hand out these small, imperfect hearts that are made by my friend Gary. They are beautiful and amazing, and it's probably the most fun and meaningful work I've ever done out of everything that I have done, and it was completely unplanned. It's kind of grown organically. So um, I used to just give the hearts out, and I paid Gary for the hearts, and I just used to give them out, and I didn't want any money from anyone, and that was, um, you know, exciting, and I I had Gary make the hearts in batches of 10. Fast forward to today, so that was about a year ago, so fast forward to today, I am asking Gary to make hearts in batches of 100, and people are actually buying them on my website, Perfect Strangers, and so now to date, we have gone through almost 700 hearts. In the last two weeks, I've gone through almost 200, and... I know. It's so exciting. Studio studio audience likes that. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. It's so awesome. (laughs) And I, the best thing about it is that, so I give a hundred percent of the proceeds to Gary and it's all in an effort to really just help provide some financial stability to him and get him on his feet. And we have set some pretty big and lofty goals for the year for him. And so He has not set these goals. I have set them. And so I really, um, for him, you know, one of the big things that I want to see happen for him is stable housing. And so that is something that for him, he's like, oh, my gosh, that is too big a prayer for me. I that's overwhelming. He's so overwhelmed and touched that he's even getting the opportunity to make these hearts. Um, but my goal is to provide some stable housing for Gary and somewhat of a stable income for him. So I know he thinks I'm crazy, but I actually do believe that this little heart business that we have going can be a catalyst in providing some stable housing for him. So I am, you know, those of you that know me know how difficult it is for me to ask for things, but this is my shameless plug. Please go to my website and order hearts. 100% of it goes to Gary. You'll be able to follow the story. And this is just a mission that I want to continue to support. And it's just an example, I think, of what can happen if we exhibit compassion to someone and just intentionally love them and lift them up. It can be so life-changing. And it is changing his life. It's certainly changing mine. And I've heard from so many of you that the hearts are changing your lives. So Anyway, shameless plug, go to samwilling.com and order some hearts. Okay, so last week I spoke about compassion and I had a lot of you reach out to me after to tell me that you really enjoyed it and really connected with the statement I made about compassion being an action and different than empathy and also the point that compassion is something we can get better at. And I actually wanted to just share a really quick tip on, you know, one person asked me on social media, how can you get better 
at empathy and compassion. And I think this is a really interesting subject and and we'll do more shows as we go along on this subject. But I think it's really a nice message to know and understand that, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to label ourselves or other people and say like they are compassionate or they aren't or they are empathetic or they aren't. And that is just how they are. And actually, we all have compassion in our brains. And it all starts in the prefrontal cortex, as do a lot of other emotions. So if we flex that muscle and practice exhibiting compassion and empathy, we will actually get better at exhibiting compassion and empathy. And one of the ways that you can practice that's really simple is it actually relates to one of the first shows I did on mindfulness. So one of the, the ways that you can practice this, and it's so simple, is just pause. So if you find yourself interacting with someone that's difficult, that's very different from you, that you may feel yourself casting some judgments on, or maybe you just they're creating some conflict or discomfort for you, if you get in the habit of just pausing, and stepping back and looking the, at the entire situation, notice how you're feeling. Look at the person that you're interacting with and remember that they are a human being. They are definitely struggling, hurting, and broken in some way, just like every single one of us. It will actually give your brain time to activate those compassion neurons in your prefrontal cortex. And then you'll be able actually to, to demonstrate compassion towards that person. And I know it might actually seem a little bit difficult to swallow to show compassion to someone that's difficult or unfair or creating some conflict for you. But I promise you, if you are able to master this, you are going to feel so much better because you took control of the situation and exhibited compassion despite their actions or attitudes. So I really want to encourage you to just get in the habit of pausing so that you can activate those positive neurons in your prefrontal cortex. And the more you do this, the more you're going to grow a lot of those different things like compassion, empathy, um, trigger, you know, positive emotions. And you are going to start to understand more about people. You're going to be able to give them more grace. You're probably going to strengthen your relationships and develop some inner strength around things like resilience and forgiveness. So the bottom line, going back to last week, is we all have compassionate brains in us. We just have to take the time and practice activating them. And if we pay attention and then pause when we're in a moment of suffering with another person, we can activate our brain and engage with that person in a kind and loving way. And just remember that that in itself is a compassionate action. And that was sort of the point of what we were talking about last week. So... I quickly want to read you one of the compassion stories that was sent to me in Instagram last week because I loved it so much. So listen to this story of compassionate action. When my husband was battling cancer, he blogged about his journey on every platform possible. He was honest about everything, and people rallied. They gave financially, physically, and tangible gifts. They prayed for us. They fed us. People from across the globe took care of us. His physical journey on earth ended April 21st, 2019. People carried us through that 10-month journey. So many people gave their all. People are good. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, that is what I'm talking about when I say compassion is an action. So 
here is your challenge for the week. Go do something compassionate for someone. Just put yourself out there or notice when someone is extending compassion to you. And then message me and let me know what you did. I would love to start sharing some of these examples on air. I think they really help people. Okay, so it is time for me to introduce you to my guest and my birthday twin and fellow podcast host, Ann Taylor Hartzell. Hello. Hi, Ann. I'm so excited you're here. So Ann and I have the exact same birthday, which is what I meant by birthday twin. Birthday twins. Yeah, and it's been so fun. We've known each other for years. Our lives have sort of run parallel to each other Mm -hmm. um, in the the work professional world and um, entrepreneur world. So Ann, before we jump into our discussion, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm a mom of two. Uh, I uh, grew up in the Northwest, originally in the Portland area. So um, even though I crave sunshine, I still have web feet. Um, <laughs> but I get out of town every chance I get. Uh, so I uh, started uh, in the tech bubble startups here in the 90s. And then um, I started my blog about 11 years ago. And it's called Hip Travel Mama. And it was really born out of a love of passion for traveling. Uh, and with my kids. So as a family, you know, we traveled before we had kids. And then when I had kids, people were like, oh, it's going to be really tough for you. And I said, no, we are going to travel and we're going to still explore explore and see the world. So um, so, yeah, so that a little bit about me. I I love uh, traveling, exploring and seeing other cultures. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So we are going to hear about your new adventure. And before we go to our first break, so we've been talking about compassion a lot. Yes. I know you listen to the show. So I you loved know that, that episode. I just listened to it on my run yes. yesterday. It was so awesome. So tell, can you just quickly tell me about a time when you've either experienced giving or receiving compassion that stands out to you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we um, we have a tight little neighborhood network of friends, um, and I was trying to think through, you know, acts of compassion that people have given me and. Um, my youngest daughter, who is now 11, was uh, preemie. She was three pounds, 14 ounces when she was born. Oh, and she was in the hospital for five weeks. And it was really difficult. Um, and I don't want to, like, start the show on, like, a depressing yeah. note. But I want to uh, – I remember driving to the hospital. She was on First Hill in Swedish. And I remember going uh, and just kind of being in a fog uh, during that five weeks, you know, because I couldn't bring her home. Mm-hmm. And it was super hard. And I had severe postpartum, and so it was super tough. But the nurses in which took great care of my daughter, like the most amazing, compassionate people on earth, like preemie nurses, like NICU nurses, they are probably some of the biggest angels on earth, like being able to to navigate that. And that really got us through. And I think our our neighborhood also rallied around helping Mm -hmm. us with, you know, just kind of making sure we're fed and, you know, things were good. And I really don't remember a lot about that yeah. year. But I do remember that uh, when you are struggling with something that is outside of your control, like having your community really step in yeah. and support, like that was a really special time for our, for my family. That's amazing. So, and yeah. I, I agree. I think nurses are, it, that's just a gifted, amazing profession for yeah. sure. 
Thank you for sharing yeah, that, Yeah, yeah. Okay, Something everyone. you didn't know about me. No, I didn't know that about you. We can do a this whole show on that, This is why I'm doing culture shift, because uh, yeah. everything looks all shiny on yeah. social media, doesn't yep. it? <laughs> we all have a story. Yep. Okay, everyone, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into Anne's new passion, her podcast, Culture Shift. It's a really important conversation that I think you're going to love. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sam Willing on the Imperfection Wins Show, KKNW 1150. This show is sponsored by Urban Restoration, the Eastside's premier builder for remodeling, new construction, and so much more. With over 20 years of experience, the team at Urban Restoration has built a foundation of integrity, trust, superior craftsmanship, and personal accountability to clients. Whether you're building a new home, doing a total home remodel, or even a small project, the experienced team at Urban Restoration will walk you through the process and leave you with the results you desire. Client satisfaction and relationships rule at Urban Restoration. If you are located on the Greater East Side and looking for a contractor you can trust, visit the Urban Restoration website at ur-build.com. That's the letter U, the letter R-build.com for contact information and to check out pictures of their amazing craftsmanship. Again, that's the letter U, the letter R-build.com for Urban Restoration. Welcome back to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, and I'm here today with Ann Taylor Hartzell, founder of Hip Travel Mama Travel Blog and creator and host of a new podcast called Culture Shift. So, Ann, tell us about your podcast. Yes, uh, just launched it in January. It's Mm -hmm. been three years in the making. Actually, I've been thinking about it for years, and um, much like we had a conversation, you were actually my first guest, and I was so so honored. And I was so nervous and I was so worried about the equipment and I researched crazy uh, about the the microphones and the setup and all that stuff. And then when we sat down, it was so easy and natural and fun. And I am like, I'm addicted to it. I I can't wait for the next conversation. Yeah. yeah. I felt the same way. It's so fun. And I know I can completely relate. I did the same thing when I started Imperfection Wins, and you can hear I talk about it, you Mm -hmm. know, my obsession over, you know, getting the sound right and getting, you know, the equipment and all of these things, it it becomes so, you can get so fixated on that that you then don't start. Yes. And it, and I know you said you had your equipment for like three years. I did. I actually pulled out like a couple of old microphones that didn't work, but I was like dusting them off. I'm like, yeah, okay. Where do I plug this in? Where's all the stuff? Like, yeah. Okay. That's ridiculous. So it's been kind of like a call on your heart for a while. And did you know though, even, um, wanting to be a podcaster, you, you have a really successful travel blog that I know you've had for years. And so were you originally thinking that you would do a podcast about travel and then like as the world is today, uh-huh. you decided to do Culture Shift? Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about it for quite a while. So I started out blogging to inspire families to get out and travel with their own kids. And we did a ton of that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I landed a spot on today on the Today Show and was able to do a segment from Pike Place with um, Kathy Lee and Hoda at the time. And um, that sort of set me on a trajectory. Sweet. I'm sorry, so, I was like I a know, little starstruck right now. We have like, a celebrity. Really? I so yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it was really a gift. Um, speaking of compassion, I have a friend who, yeah. you know, is networked within TV. And sure. she got me an opportunity to get in front of the producers. And I had an interview. I remember I was sitting so at cool. the Denver airport. 
at taking a call because I was on a trip. Uh-huh. And I had a call with a producer and I made it. Sweet. <laughs> and I ended awesome. up like, you know, it was me or Rick Steves. I don't know. Like, who, mm, who's so going to awesome. do the travel segment? Wow. Uh, but I will never forget that. And I think um, it was like the trajectory. And then all of a sudden, like the blog started growing and I started getting opportunities to work with companies. Cool. And, you know, that was incredible. Um, but there was a tipping point during when we had the economy sort of mm-hmm. all f- the, the bottom fell I out. I felt that. Yes, yeah. right? Yeah. I think we all did. Yeah. And uh, myself included. My husband's an investment banker. And so when, you know, startups are tight, mm-hmm. so is the business, right? Yeah. And people aren't investing. And so I had to take a hard look at the time I had to be a mom, to, um, you know, to work and have income and also be this blog that was taking off at the same time. And so it was juggling a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a point I remember we were on a trip with a travel company um, and I was supposed to be online, social mediaing the whole thing. And I remember we're sitting on the beach in San Diego and we're going to take this amazing family photo. And I can share the photo. It's hilarious. The behind the scenes of the pretty perfect picture <laughs> because it was not pretty. Like my youngest daughter was little. She had an accident, you know, like in, yeah. and in the in the bathroom. And then like we're, we're trying to like clean that up and like run over to the beach and it was starting to rain. And I remember like being down looking at my phone and thinking, I am missing so much of being present with my kids. Mm -hmm. And what is wrong with the social media culture that we have? Like, why, why am I doing this? How many years ago is that? Uh, I would say it's like five or six years ago. Oh boy. Yeah. And social media is really different now. Yeah. Fast forward, right? Yeah. But I could see it and I could (laughs) feel it because I was like one of the first to be on Facebook. Twitter Mm -hmm. was my tribe. Um, Instagram was late to the game. So it's uh, impossible to get followers at that point. So I was constantly (laughs) hustling and I think any travel blogger, anybody who has made their living doing that really was in it and can see right. how much time it consumes. Yep. And then I started seeing my friends and how they were feeling. And then I have two, I have a preteen and teenage daughter mm-hmm. and looking at how that impacts them. So I've been thinking about our culture for quite a while mm-hmm. and the things that I feel are broken mm-hmm. um, and we continue to do them. And so I started asking the question. I started writing, actually, because I was like, well, maybe I'll write a book. And that's still sort of on my horizon for my bucket list. I wanted to start with the podcast because I like this medium, like broadcast media for me is what I love. Yeah. Um, But I really started thinking about, like, there are so many things in our culture today and, boy, exacerbated, right, as we head into an election year and everything. Like, there's just so much noise. Yeah. And distraction and anxiety and fear and I don't want to, I want to model something different for my kids. Yep. And sometimes what culture is, is what's popular. Mm-hmm. We have to be brave enough to say something that may be unpopular. Um, but we talked about it. I think we had a conversation Saturday. I yeah. was literally sitting in the car um, at my daughter's soccer game and thinking about this week. And, you know, and sometimes just saying things that are unpopular, you yeah. get attacked. Yeah. Um, and and how unkind um, people can be. Yep. And so, yeah, it's that's sort of the the you know where it all came came about. I think that's a really good point. Um, I, I think one of the things I've been thinking about is, um, you know, you and I had a conversation about how when you do have a platform and you do. I was brand new to social media really a year ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really resisted for a very long time. I was very uncomfortable with it. 
Um, I never posted. I started scrolling, which is a terrible habit. I mean, that you Ugh. cannot waste more time no. more quickly than like getting lost in a scroll. Yeah. So um, I started that. And then when I started my podcast, I really realized like this is necessary. So I'm going to have to do social media if I really want to grow my message. And I did. I wanted to grow the podcast. I wanted to grow the hearts. So I started really posting a lot about the hearts um, and some about my podcast. And it's always been sort of uncomfortable for me. Um, I don't generally ever post about my kids because they're 16 and 18. And so I feel like I don't want to embarrass them. I want them to have their own lives. And so if you look at my Instagram feed, for example, it pretty much is now just about imperfection wins. Mm -hmm. And I intentionally try to keep it there. Yeah. Um, But it is interesting, you know, what you're saying about, you know, when you put yourself out there and you say something that is not comfortable for people or is different, you can get some criticism. And, you know, I've had that experience a little bit just in doing this. And to be honest, Dan, I've talked about this before in the show, Mm -hmm. like I've made a lifetime out of making people comfortable. Like that's sort of been my thing. I'm like, I'm easy going. I'm generally likable. I am really, I have a pretty high um, emotional, you know, intelligence. And so I can tell what someone wants to hear, needs to hear, how they're feeling, what will please them. And I've made really a lifetime out of like doing that. And it's um, in some ways, like it's worked well for me. And it's not I don't I don't mean that to say that I'm like fake in some way. It is authentic. I really, really in my core want to love on people and make them happy. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think one of the growth areas for me has been, you know, through this process of having a platform and there are things, opinions and things that I keep to myself because I don't want to make other people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that I am feeling that falling away. I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're the same age. Yeah, so I, I don't think know it is our age, like, too. I was like, listen, I have been around the sun a few times yeah. and I can't be quiet anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I just need I just need to be mm-hmm. me, you know. And yeah. so I feel myself starting to change. But there are interesting things like when you're talking about it's interesting how when you put yourself out there, people can sometimes be not kind mm-hmm. and what we want to model for our kids. And I have had this rule in my home for like years, I usually host um, all the family gatherings. And so I have this rule always that I'm very outspoken about, about like, we don't talk politics and we don't talk religion. And it's all because I don't want anyone to be uncomfortable. I don't want any conflicted conversations. And recently I've been really challenging myself on that because I'm like, is that the right way to approach it? Mm-hmm. Because is it healthy that we literally can't have the conversations without it leading to yeah. not being kind to each other or people feeling uncomfortable or not accepted, right, for who they right. are in their stance? And so I've really been thinking lately, like, what am I showing my kids? Like, I don't want them to feel like subjects are off limits mm-hmm. because you can't discuss them in a civil accepting way. Yeah. No, right? absolutely. I, you know, it's interesting. There's so many layers to this as we unpack I know. it. Uh, I, I have the same challenge. Um, I am very much a people pleaser. And I think that 
the great part is everybody likes to talk about travel, right? So that's not controversial. Right? Mm-hmm. But then for the years I've been sitting on the sidelines at my soccer, at my daughter's soccer games, and we have these conversations about parenting and sports and busy schedules and social media mm-hmm. and parties. And, you know, every season, right, has yeah. it. Um, and it's becoming harder for me to not voice my opinion. Um, however, I am very empathetic. Um, I feel and understand people's perspectives. And so it is also very hard for me to say, I totally get where you're coming from. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, It's where, you know, people are so loud and boisterous and mean that I have a hard time. But the people that I respect the most are the ones that are quiet and calm. And then they speak when they have something to say. And I think that's super powerful. And frankly, I'm a talker. So I have a hard time with that, listening. And I think that is part of one of the reasons I want to do the podcast as well, yeah. is to listen more, as you were saying before, about compassion. Yeah. Really, I want to practice listening better because I think that's how we change the I, world. I think you're right. And being willing to, like what I have felt in myself in the past is like I'm not willing to enter into the conversations. Mm-hmm. Even if someone's sitting across from me, like they may be very empathetic and I have a block myself. I'm not willing to enter into the conversations because of my own discomfort also. Or mm-hmm. um, We want people to like us. Right. Right? Because yeah. it doesn't feel good no. to have not someone not like you. No. And if we're all honest, I think we all want that. Right? I know. And I mean, it's in our DNA. So it's hard. I mean, I, I admire people. They're like, I don't really care. I think everyone cares. Yeah. It's just how do you do you internalize that and make that your own? Or do you understand their perspective and then, you know, can keep it separate. I think that's the hardest part. And I'm still learning that, you know, in my 40s. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's I think it's even more complicated, you know, as you brought up on social media or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm in human resources and I have been forever. And one of the things I often talk with employees and leaders about is um, the risk of entering into conflict mm-hmm. or giving feedback over email or text. Yeah. Right. And so it can quickly get right out of hand. because you don't know tone. You're not looking someone in the face. You can't you don't feel empathy mm-hmm. when you're on a screen and not in relationship with them or connecting with them. Mm-hmm. And so if you take that and then put it in like a social media world where you have you know, I don't know how many followers you have, but probably a lot because of the travel blog and everything. If you put something out there, you know, or you talk about something on your podcast, um, you know, it is it's amazingly easy for people to like suddenly lash out or label you, mm-hmm. especially if they don't have, I think, the personal connection with you. Like mm-hmm. they don't know your heart. Well, and also here's the bummer part about social media. It's fantastic at promoting things. Yes. But it's one dimensional. Totally. Like I actually probably think I know you better than I do or vice versa because we've been on social media for a while. I I don't spend time in your home every day. Like I'm not your neighbor. Yeah. So you only see one side of someone and the side that I'm curating, frankly, I'm curating that perspective. Right. And what I try to do a good job of is. I give a little bit of personal, a lot of, lot of travel, and then I, um, I sometimes just share things that are on my heart, mm-hmm. right? But I'm not a complainer on social media. I can't, I can't scroll through people's feeds with anger and meanness yep. and complaining. Like for me, I wanna, I wanna put out what I want back. Yes. And so, it is curated. Yes. Because the crying or the conversations I'm having about the really tough stuff, I don't want to be put on a pedestal for criticism. 
I completely understand that. And I'm yeah. pretty careful. I want to, we're going to take a short break, yeah. but when we come back, I want to talk more about this because I totally agree with you. And I'm really careful because I'm super anxious mm-hmm. about social media. So, okay, we're going to come back to this. We're going to take a short break and uh, we'll be right back. This is Sam Willing on Imperfection Wins, KKNW 1150. Hey, everybody. I wanted to take a moment and tell you about the resources on my newly launched website, samwilling.com. If you are looking for some tools to help you identify your unique value, say no to fear, simplify your to-do list, or practice gratitude, go on over to samwilling.com and click on the Growth Toolkit tab. There, you'll find free, downloadable tools that are beautifully crafted and helpful. If you're interested in listening to some of the earlier Imperfection Wins podcasts, you can find all episodes under the podcast tab. Don't forget to sign up for my newsletter or send me a message while you're there. I'd love to hear from you. Don't forget, that's samwilling.com. That's samwilling.com. Happy listening. Welcome back to the Imperfection Win Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, and I'm here with Ann Taylor Hartzell, one of my favorite Yes, and birthday twin, if you didn't catch Yay. that at the beginning. happy birthday. It's so funny when you're describing yeah. yourself, Anne, because so many of the things you're like, I am this way too. Yeah. We're so similar. I'm like, that, I wonder how much of it has to do with our birthday. I don't know. I Interesting. I know. Maybe we should get Bradley Cooper on here because he's also our birthday twin. <gasps> he is? <laughs> Isn't that great? You just learn something new every day. I don't know how I knew that. It was probably okay. like a Wikipedia search yeah. or something. Let's do it. Uh, let's do a joint podcast with him. I don't totally. see why he would not come I mean, talk to us. And there's connections with Lady Gaga, so right? I'm more than happy for having her here too. She okay, good. Let's we'll, do it. We'll so we're both. all in. Yeah, yeah we'll get him. Okay, both. We'll have a birthday show. Yeah, we want him here. We'll send him some hearts. <laughs> right. We'll try to lure oh, him. I, I like that. That's a great Ooh. idea. <laughs> By the way, I have to say on yes. your hearts, I love them so much. And Aww. on my first podcast, yes. I shared with you the story of the first person that I gave a heart to was my daughter my youngest daughter um they are such a gift and boy by compassion being action you are certainly doing that with your podcast and with the hearts and i think we're all so grateful so i'm really proud of you oh yeah. thank you yeah. and yeah. i i'll tell you something <clears throat> the hearts have been so such a journey and so transformational and it completely blows me away i mean I think, you know, like you like we were talking about before the break, you you sort of um, I like to be contained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like to ask for things. I don't like to make people uncomfortable, all these yeah. things. And one of the things I've been constantly in awe of with the hearts is um, people love them and also people want to help. They want to participate. And so it was interesting because I hit a point with the hearts where People would say in the beginning, like, let me pay you for them. And I would say, no, I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't charge for them. Um, this is my thing. And I'm happy to do it, you know. And like I said, we were doing like 10 at a time. And it was like, great, you know, it's a little bit of mm-hmm. extra money for Gary. He, the first thing he bought was a toilet and some reading glasses and, awesome. you know, like very small things. And I, we kind of went like that for a little while. And then suddenly, um, I met this woman, Kelly Hager, who said, you, you need to charge for these. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't. I can't. I cannot <laughs> Why would anybody do buy? that. Yeah, right. I like, I cannot do that. Yeah. And she said, well, I understand you. You can't. But would you do it for Gary? 
And then I was like, oh. That's a game changer. Right? Okay, of course. Right? And so I started doing it. And I still, like I said, I give 100% of the proceeds directly to him. Um, But what I've been in awe of is I had the opportunity to speak and tell the heart story when I was in Los Angeles a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. to a room full of women. And... they asked me, I didn't realize it, but so they asked in the middle of this conference, you know, would you come up and share the heart story? And so I said, okay. So I share the story. And it's hard for me to share the whole thing without getting emotional. Yeah. And so I shared the story. And the women in the room, one by one, started saying, I am I am going to order those hearts to give away my business. And then another woman would be like, me too, me too, me too. And over the last three weeks, Mm -hmm. I have gotten so many orders for hearts. That's so great. It is. And I literally just lost it. I just was crying because, and it's just this, I realized like you have to let people in, Mm -hmm. like you have to give them a chance to participate. Right. Yeah. And that's the only way we do make culture shifts. It's yeah. the only way, like, if you give people an opportunity to be compassionate yeah. and and do a compassionate action, mm-hmm. they start to change. You yeah. start to change. And I think, too, you have a really good thing. I, You know what I think it is about the hearts and many things is that it's the small steps. Yes. The hearts seem like something that's tangible yeah. and easy to begin. It's doable. you know yeah. that there's so many things that are broken, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can just make that one small step, to be able to make a change, like yes. it does feel good. And that step leads to another step, which leads to another step. I think the hardest part is that I'm an all or nothing kind of gal. <laughs> Me so too. So I'm like, I'm either going to do this podcast yeah. or I'm not going to do this. Yep. Um, the hardest thing and age and maturity, I think, has been a big part of it is that I realize that maybe just starting with the next small step Mm -hmm. is what's going to get me where I need to go. Yes. Because I used to come out swinging big when I was in my 20s and I'd be like, yeah, we got this. But now I'm realizing like with some setbacks that it really is about those small steps. Yes, it's true. Mm -hmm. I think that's been something I've really had to learn. I mean, similarly, right? Like I, you, I come out swinging and with this whole journey, the podcast, now radio show, the hearts, everything that's happening I have not had control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to a certain extent because I, ha- what I've said is I'm willing to take action. Like yeah. when the opportunity presents itself, I am going to say yes. But I have no idea. Like I still have no idea, to be honest. Like I don't know. What am I doing here in a radio studio? I don't mm-hmm. know. Like I still have no idea where it's going. Mm-hmm. But I'm enjoying the journey. And it's maybe one of the first times in my life I can say that. Like I'm not holding on so tightly to what it has to look like or um, that it has to be a certain way to be successful. I'm just sort of like doing that next thing that's mm-hmm. in front of me. And I think the hearts are sort of an example because yeah. it's true. There, It's like something that is um, – it's easy. Like, it's easy to make the decision to buy a $3 heart and give it to someone as a tangible reminder mm-hmm. of compassion and love. Like, that's yeah. an easy choice. But you, when I look back, like, I look back to where I was a year ago, I go, oh, my gosh. Like, I just kept taking these little steps forward. Mm-hmm. And they've all led to these really fun things. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where I'm going to be a year from now or even a couple months from now. Mm-hmm. But I know that everything that's happened along the way has been really amazing mm-hmm. and 
hard in a way. Hard, but not hard. Isn't yeah. that weird? Like I've had so many things in my life where it was just like swimming upstream, right? Yes. Oh, I, I want this job. Yeah, I want to climb like the forcing, corporate ladder. Forcing, and it's forcing. just like in my gut yeah. just felt so hard, right? I want this, you know, even that with the blog, I want this, I want this blog to take off. I want, yeah. you know, but I've got to pay the bills. So mom can only have so many hours in the day, right. right? And, but with the podcast, it's been really like people are saying, yes, I will do an interview with you. Uh, I found a couple tools that make it super easy. I spend 30 minutes producing the yeah. segment and it's up and live on Apple. Like yeah. what? It seems like, I remember it was like Oprah, I think said a while back that you know you're on your right path when you it feels like you're swimming downstream. Doesn't yes. mean it's not hard, but it's not like you're swimming upstream. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, yeah. that is so true. So I mean, there won't be hard things. But, I know. Yeah. And the hard, it's interesting because the hard is more, um, for me, the hard has also been about growth. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like doing a lot of things that I just feel constantly uncomfortable. And I also feel stronger than I ever have. Yeah. So it's like this interesting. Yeah. And you said it earlier about um, compassion and your brain and how, mm-hmm. right? There is actually research um, about how trying new things actually like makes you happier. Yeah. Right. Because we as we get older, too, we get really set in our ways yes. and we get grumpy and crank. I don't want to I don't want to go out like that. Like I want to no, be trying either. new things and pushing myself yeah. and um, not being afraid. Yeah. Right. And I think that this culture that we have today is such a fear mongering culture. And I'm already wired that way. Yeah. And I can feel other people's energy. Mm-hmm. So Me offline, too. online, whatever that is, like that's really difficult yeah. and it's hard. And so I think that's part of why speaking out is important. I totally agree with you. And I think, um, you know, going back to what we were talking about, about, you know, when you have a platform you're mm-hmm. and you start being outspoken um, and not worrying so much about people's discomfort. Like my, what I always feel like is um, when people have asked me, you know, what, where do you, you know, what do your kids want to be when they grow up or where, you know, what do you basically, what do I want for them? Yeah. I, my answer has always, since they were little, I'm always just like, I actually just really want them to be kind, mm. like not nice. Mm-hmm. I want them to be kind, Yeah, like kind to people. Yeah. And I want to be kind, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I think my, I try to keep that at the forefront of my mind as I do enter into conversations that may make people uncomfortable. Um, and I think as long as you are always being kind, mm-hmm. the conversations are going to be okay. Yeah. But when you let that slip and you're not using that kindness mm-hmm. or activating that compassion, right. that's when things sort of go awry. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you, um, yeah. can you run through, so we've talked about social media okay. and you use a term mm-hmm. Instaperfect, which I love. Yes. Everybody, you should coin that. I love Insta-perfect, that. Instaperfect. Yeah. Um, so will you run through just some of the other areas in mm-hmm. our culture yes. that you think we need to shift? What are some of your shows going to be on? Yeah. So I've started the first one with perfectionism yes. because I think uh, as moms, dads, and we can all learn something about that, right? Yes. About how not having to be perfect because then we never start anything. Yeah. We never take that next step. If and we, are we model that worried. for our kids. Yes. Yeah. And that's super dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> right? Totally. Because um, so we talk a little bit about that. Um, I talk, I'm going to talk a lot about sports parenting. Actually, Kavita Varma-White, who mm. is a mutual friend. Uh, I just interviewed her last week. She is the senior editor for Today.com yep. um, Parents. We talk a lot about sports parenting because I her kids. I can't wait to hear that. Um, about navigating that and the 
trade-offs and choices and also um, the college application process. Yes. Because she's about ready to launch her second. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to launch your first uh, into college and what that process has meant to her and the differences between her first child and, and her, her second, second and perspectives. Um, she gives some really great advice there, actually. Um, I can't wait to I know. hear that. I, like, I want to do a whole you. show on that. It's yeah. amazing. That whole process is amazing. So, it's so I, over the top. I feel like... Um, I love sports. I grew up playing sports. I feel like the sports culture of family stuff right now is totally out of control. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that there is it's hard to find balance right mm-hmm. now. Right. You're all in or you're or yep. you can't play rec. You know what I mean? Like, and there's a so, lot of fear. And there's a lot of fear. And uh, Kavita and I talk a lot about how it's actually driven a lot by us. Yes. And absolutely. the conversations that we have on the sidelines about, you know, our kid not doing this or that or not making this team or whatever, like all that anxiety our kids feel. And they hear us. Like mm-hmm. I, I talk to the teens when I chaperone and they say, you know, I can hear you guys mm-hmm. yelling at me. You know what I mean? So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we also talk about education. My youngest daughter is dyslexic and uh, we have, um, I have been advocating and fighting for her hard behind the scenes. Like people don't even know this journey. Yeah. Um, the system for education is super broken for alternative ways of learning. Yeah. Um, and we need to do a better job of um, being inclusive because it's not going away. One in five people are dyslexic in some form and being able to, you know, talk about how do we, teach kids in a different way Mm -hmm. so that they can learn and feel confident because our whole mission, my husband and I is to raise strong, confident women. Like we have two girls. Amen. That is, that is our only mission. And however we do that is very unique to any other family. My family's not going to look the same as yours, Mm -hmm. but show up, make the choices, figure it out. Um, You know, a lot of those things that are on my mind, I think as we're having conversations, you know, over wine or on the sidelines. I'm so glad that you're talking about all of those things. I think that that is, it's so fantastic. It needs to happen. There are mm-hmm. conversations that are really going to push people, I think, to um, really just think and maybe open their minds. And I think the thing about sports is I actually do believe it is really driven by the parents. And mm-hmm. I am and have been a sports yep. parent for a long totally time. Guilty. So I get it. I've made so Me many too. mistakes. So I have not regrets. that I'm on some sort nope. of preaching thing. Here. I have regrets. Yeah. But... <laughs> I actually think a lot of parents feel this way, what we're feeling. They do. They're just afraid to say it out loud. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with culture shift. I want to be able to have these conversations. We need to be able to talk about them because I'm talking with my girlfriends about them all the time. And the biggest thing that I had a hard time is that I'm all in on travel and family travel. You know, the biggest excuse I hear from families who say they can't travel. Well, we've got to, yeah, we've got a tournament. We have a, you know, a gym meet. We have a blah, blah, blah. I just can't. Oh, so hard. And I'm spending thousands of dollars. Well, these are choices we make. Yes. Right. Um, and then trying to find ways to tack on travel to have family time because family time is the thing that's suffering. It's true. And the connection in the family that's suffering. And that's the whole reason why I started the blog yeah. in the first place. Because, you know, when you're on vacation with your family, like, I love watching families on vacation together because yeah. they look so happy. And sometimes, yeah, they're on their phone or they're bickering or whatever. But for the most part, there are moments within a family vacation where you're like, this is it. Yes. I want this connection Absolutely. and I want to take it back to my family at home. And how do we implement this? Yeah. Um, so that's really what culture shift is all about. It's about, you know, sort of navigating this crazy journey we are in modern family life yeah. and all the issues that we face and we're afraid to talk about because if we don't talk about them, then we won't, it won't change. Exactly. I love it. Yay. Okay. We're going to take a short okay. break, but when we get back, we're going to wrap up with your favorite quote and how people can get to know you more. 
This is Sam Willing on the Imperfection Wins Show, KKNW 1150. This show is sponsored by Urban Restoration, the Eastside's premier builder for remodeling, new construction, and so much more. With over 20 years of experience, the team at Urban Restoration has built a foundation of integrity, trust, superior craftsmanship, and personal accountability to clients. Whether you are building a new home, doing a total home remodel, or even a small project, the experienced team at Urban Restoration will walk you through the process and leave you with the results you desire. Client satisfaction and relationships rule at Urban Restoration. If you are located on the Greater East Side and looking for a contractor you can trust, visit the Urban Restoration website at ur-build.com. That's the letter U, the letter R-build.com for contact information and to check out pictures of their amazing craftsmanship. Again, that's the letter U, the letter R-build.com for Urban Restoration. Welcome back to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, and we are back with Ann Taylor Hartzell, founder of Hip Travel Mama Travel Blog and the new Culture Shift podcast. And before we broke, we were hearing about all of the different topics yes. that you are going to be covering. So how many podcasts do you have out right now? Uh, let's see, six. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah, so we'll have seven this week. That is so exciting. Mm -hmm. So um, will you just share a little bit about how people can listen, sure. how they can connect with you and get to know you a little bit Absolutely. more? Absolutely. So the podcast is Culture Shift Podcast, and it's on Apple Podcasts, and it's also cultureshiftpodcast.com. And you can find me on Instagram there with Culture Shift Podcast or Hip Travel Mama. I'm uh, and on every platform, Hip Travel Mama. I got <laughs> Everyone it Everyone we can imagine. On. Yeah, I've tried them all. <laughs> and you have, do you have a website for your travel? Yeah, it's hiptravelmama.com. It's hiptravelmama.com. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage you all to follow Anne in, on both the travel and the culture shift. I think that um, the travel is how I first uh, really mm -hmm. got to know Anne. And I, Anne, will you come back at some point soon and talk with us about family travel? Because I would love you have to. have so many great things to say. I, I could talk travel forever. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of my most popular podcasts looking, I'm kind of geeking out over the analytics. I don't really like to look at analytics on anything, yeah. but my number one most popular one behind yours is the reclaiming vacation time. So we should talk about that. I think that would be such a great, um, I think it'd be such a great subject. And, you know, before we broke, we were also just talking about, you know, how sports or really any kids activities, because there's like such this frenzy of um, and intensity around it, the busyness of kids these days, how that can really take away from the travel experience. And I certainly can relate. Um, I'll just say right now, we're not doing a show on this. We will do a show on this. Mm -hmm. But for anyone listening, I was a huge sports parent with both of my children. My daughter is 18. She's a senior. She's getting ready to go to college next year. Um, and she stopped playing sports last year. And it was like a breakup because it's literally what we've always done mm -hmm. as a family. And now she's getting ready to leave the house. And I say this on the podcast you and I did together, mm -hmm. but there are not that many areas in my life where I carry some regret. Mm -hmm. um, the amount of family time we skipped because either we were dividing, you know, my husband was my son, I was with my daughter the amount of travel opportunities that we gave up be out of fear around 
you know, the coaches putting pressure on the kids or the parents making commitments to play year round sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wish I could change that. Yeah. I wish I could change it. So anyway, it's I a think, balance, right? Yeah. It's a I balance. think it would be a really and some awesome families are show. All into it and they totally. love it. Right. And it's so great be, for them. Do that for them. But yep. if you have any sort of yeah. Oh, hesitation. Yeah. I always say my husband's the opportunity maker and I'm the, is it necessary? Yes. When can we say no? It's so good. you got to have the balance. I also like to say yes, too, because I really yeah. enjoy watching her play. I do, too. It's I a know. balance. <laughs> okay. We always end with a quote. Yes. Did you bring one that you want to share? I did, which is kind of interesting. So we actually have a family mantra, and you, um, it's the dare mighty things mm, quote. So yeah. we that is our family ma- mantra. Uh, but I... Because of this podcast and because I've been thinking a lot about conversations and the podcast, it's it's one that I found online. It says, if you aren't pocketing a little change from every conversation into some part of your life, you're investing in the wrong conversations. Oh, my gosh. I love right? that. And, and that is uh, Rachel Wolchin. She, I think she's from L.A. Um, uh, she writes quotes on Twitter. And yeah. anyway, I'm sure someone knows yeah. a lot about her. but. You, if you, I read it like three times. If you aren't pocketing a little change from every conversation into some part of your life, you're investing in the wrong conversation. And change in that way has a double meaning, right? It's yes. change in your pocket. It's coins. But it's also like change. Change in you. Um, and I think that that's what this podcast is doing for me and I think for you as well is these conversations are changing me. And I'm wanting to seek out other people's yep. perspectives and cultures and things to really understand and have that compassion that you talk about. I think that's brilliant. And it's so true. And I definitely feel like I'm changing through this process. And I'm definitely more um open and aware. I think I'm more compassionate. I want to know. I'm more curious. I want to know more mm-hmm. about um, all sorts of things that before I would say I sort of skimmed the surface on. So, um, well, Anne, thank you so much for being here. Thank I you. really, really have loved this whole conversation. I'm so excited for you in mm-hmm. your podcast. Everybody, please go listen. It's <laughs> so good. Um, and I can't wait to have you on again soon so that you can school us all on travel. That's right. I'm in. That will be so fun. And okay, listeners, that is a wrap. I hope you've enjoyed today. I hope you have a fantastic Monday. If you're interested in getting more familiar with me, my mission, or my content, you can find my first season of The Imperfection Wins on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or my website, samwilling.com. Join me next time when we talk with Kate Eisler, co-founder of Be Bold Seattle. She has so much to say. I can't wait for the conversation. And until then, be kind, have courage, and give yourself and others grace. Have a great day.